Welcome to the Elite Professionals in Coaching Podcast, hosted by Chris Aird, business owner and CEO of With Purpose, bringing you leadership, growth ideas, mindset transformation, and strategic information for the entrepreneurs, business owners, and community leaders. You will be encouraged, educated, and empowered to develop your people, implement your processes, and increase your income. Now get ready to listen to the newest episode of the Epic Podcast. Welcome to Epic, another podcast episode from With Purpose. My name is Chris and I'm with our special guest, Mr. Robert Raymond Riopel. Robert Riopel is an international best-selling author, app designer, entrepreneur, and trainer who has spent the last 18 years plus traveling around the world sharing his passion. He's also shared the stage with and trained many of the top trainers and thought leaders in the world today. With his high energy and heartfelt style, Robert draws on his journey from humble beginnings to financial freedom at the age of 32 to also inspire individuals into tapping into their greatness. And realizing that he is not the only person that struggles, Robert's clues open individuals up to the possibilities that lie within them, and that is why he is a highly sought after presenter. Folks, it is my great, great opportunity and privilege to serve you today by having uh, Robert on the podcast. Welcome, Robert, to the podcast. How are you doing, sir? Uh, you know, Chris, I'm having another fabulous day and just feeling blessed more and more every day that I get to connect and assist people, even with not being able to travel around the world through podcasts and trainings. So I'm loving it and I'm having an amazing day. Great. Well, I already love your enthusiasm. Um, as I was mentioning before, um, before we got on here officially, um, I just want to tell the audience, Robert has this great personality. He has this great skill set. And I'm really excited today on what he's going to be able to bring to you. So have your ears open to listen, uh, maybe some pens or pencils to write or a tablet very well to go and, and all of that great stuff. So uh, Robert, let's get into this. Um, Tell me a little bit about your personal story and then how that led you into what you're doing now for a living. Yeah, you know, where I'm living right now in Alberta, I am Canadian. We are in an area that's lots of farming, lots of cowboys and oil. And so like Texas, as an example, if oil prices are doing well, we do well. If oil prices are not doing well, our economy struggles. And growing up, my parents taught me that when it comes to work, work hard. Stay loyal to a company you're working with. Even if you don't enjoy it, if it's secure and supporting your family, then you stick with it. And so that's what I did when I started working, Chris. I, I started you know, working hard, staying loyal. And all of a sudden, I'm newly married. I'm 21 years of age. And all of a sudden, I'm getting laid off from the third major company I've been working for because they're shutting the factory down. And my mindset's going, what's going on? Is it, is it me? <laughs> like, is there some, am I creating this? And, and I look back. And I, I'm so thankful that I learned a lesson back then that has served me in my life. I learned that if I wanted any kind of control over my own success, I had to be at the steering wheel. Because no matter how big a company, I was just another number. And so because we were in what's called a, a, an economic downturn or a oil bust at the time, I couldn't find work. There was no real jobs out there. So I started because I'm newly married. I started doing something until I found that real job. And I actually started delivering pizzas for a little pizza delivery company called Domino's Pizza. And I started actually having more fun and making more money driving around, window down, listening to the radio, meeting customers. I was making more money than I made in my real job. 
And so I was doing this when my franchisee, he decided he was going to sell his very successful store in exchange for two stores that were not doing as well in a city an hour and a half away. And out of fear, out of necessity, because I, I saw myself getting laid off from another job as a new owner would come in and probably lay everybody off. I didn't know how it worked. So I'm like, what do I do? And I went to my franchisee and I said, you know, you've got two stores. Now. Do you need a manager? And we talked for a couple hours. And one of the things I want your people to know, especially to listen, I became a manager and a lot of it had to do with not just that I went and asked, but one of the things I was taught growing up as well is that no matter what's going on in your day, when you walk through that door to work, you leave all your other stuff at the door and you be there to be focused. So anytime I was working, I was known as Mr. Happy. I was there present. I, you know, I, if someone was in a bad mood, Chris, here's what I'd do to them. If I saw someone in a bad mood, I'd go up and I'd be bugging them until they started getting in a good mood. Because I think you realize one negative person in a, in a um, business can impact everybody. Right. And so I would then, it got to the point where I would open the door to go into the store and everybody like everybody be happy and it would change the whole energy and it would just make things more fun. So because of who I am that way, my franchisee decides to make me a manager. Two weeks later, I moved to another city. I start managing my wife. When we finally get her moved up, she becomes my assistant manager and we go back into our habits of working hard. We start working open to close seven days a week because we know how to do that and then all of a sudden the fear came in again in about a year and a half a year and a half down the road i'm now qualified to be a franchisee and in Domino's, i don't know if you're aware one of the reasons their average franchisee was 23 years of age when i was a franchisee is because you, you couldn't just buy a store you actually had to successfully manage the store for at least a year to qualify and so i was qualified to be a franchisee now, we didn't have any money. The amount of money we were working for wasn't a lot. But then all of a sudden we find out from my franchisee that he's frustrated. The two stores he took out of bankruptcy, or sorry, in exchange for his other store, he thought he could boost them up really easy and, and make a lot more money. But he ended up having the same amount of sales as his one store, but twice the overhead. And he was now frustrated. And he decided, I'm out. We were in Donald's long enough at that point. We knew the manager would definitely let go. Fear set back in. So he came up with the brilliant idea. Why don't we buy the store we're working at? All right, we have no money. <laughs> but I know one of the questions you love to ask people is what's my favorite word? And my favorite word in the whole wide world is passion. I love passion. And if there's something I really want to accomplish, I will find a, make, a way to make it work. And so my wife and I started learning. How do you buy a business if you have no money of your own? And we made a lot of mistakes. We did a lot of stumbling. And, but every time we did, we learned something. We'd pay someone who promised to get us funding if we paid their upfront fee. And all of a sudden, they, oh, can't help you. But our fee would be gone. And so we'd get upset, but we, what did we learn? And it took us about four months. And we now knew what to say and how to say it, that we had the confidence. And this is big for business owners. You know, that fake it till you make it, learn until you have the confidence to really do what you say you want to do. We had the confidence to walk into our own bank that we'd been dealing with, and we talked to our bank manager, and she's like, so how are you guys doing? And she loved us because she'd helped us buy a house, and you know, she knew we were hardworking kids because we're 23. 
we're kids. <laughs> and she's like, you know, how are you guys doing? And we said, we're doing good. And she goes, so what's going on with your store? And we said, well, it's about to be sold. And we've been trying to find a way to buy it, but we just can't get financing. And she said, well, have you talked to the business manager? And back then, to get an appointment with a business manager, you had to know someone who knew someone. And we're like, we're honest. He hasn't been willing to see us. And she said, come with me. She literally took us by the hand, walked us across the bank to his office, knocked on the door, said, this is Robert and Roxanne Realpel. These are great kids. I need you to take care of them. And we're just like, and he's like, come on in. Next thing you know, we bought both stores my franchisee had for sale with 100% financing. Wow. No money of our own. And it was like, we're now franchisees. And we're like, because oh, you know, like, we're 23, we're business owners. But as you work with a lot of businesses doing your consulting, Chris, you know there's a difference between knowing how to manage a store and run a business. Right. <laughs> and we didn't know how to run a business. And I'll tell you, even the first two years, we probably should not have made it but here was our philosophy if there's money in the bank account we must be doing okay because <laughs> we weren't doing our books we didn't think we could afford an accountant so we were stumbling through but i'll tell you we made it to nine years of being franchisees but at the eight-year mark we're no longer we're we're just not enjoying it. and we're now over one hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt and i would say that financial debt is one of the worst stresses I've ever encountered. And that happened to be when we were introduced to personal development. And from a three-day weekend that we went to, it changed our life. We understood why we were in debt. We took ownership of it, that it wasn't outside things. It was us that created because of our mind and the way what we believed and how we spent our money. We learned what we were going to do to adjust, and we made some tough decisions. And we were able to actually go from being you know, we did this training in June of 2001, three days, three very powerful days. And next thing you know, by implementing what we've learned, we ended up going from $150,000 in debt to actually retired completely financially free nine months later at the age of 32. Wow. And we went, that worked. Right. And then so we spent the next couple of years diving in and just learning, learning from every master that we could because two things happened in our life. One, we went, if this much information gave us this result, then what would more learning do? And two, I started to realize my passion was to be a trainer because I realized if I could even help one person, one person do what my wife and I had been able to accomplish, go from being deep in debt to financially free, it'd be all worthwhile. And so, as you mentioned at the beginning, for the past 18 plus years, I have been absolutely blessed to travel around the world in audiences for three to five days at a time from 100 to 6,000 students at a time. And I've now personally taught over half a million people how to create financial freedom in their life. And I get to do what I love. And so every day I wake up going, yes, another amazing day. And so that's kind of the long, short version, Chris, of where, who I am and where I'm at. I, I like that, sir, um, because a lot of, a lot of people um, today, personally, um, are financially in debt. And I, and I get it. There's there's good debt. There's bad debt. But what has been concerning me over the past couple of years, and I, maybe you can speak to this, is a lot of the times we think that because we know something on a personal level, 
that we don't apply that to our business level. In fact, uh, over the past couple of years, I've, I've really paid attention to businesses that have gone under because they didn't have either the cash on hand and or um, good systems in place to um, carry them through some of the financial strains or through some of the financial famine, if you will. Can you, can you speak to that? Is that something that you train as you talk about students specifically business owners, or is this more holistically in one's life? No, look, um, I, I train about 18 different programs, and one of them is a business program. And I'm, one of the reasons I'm where I'm at is because I'm still an avid student. I will never quit being a student. And so a book that I'm actually rereading right now is one that I think every business owner has to, which is E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Yeah. Because everybody thinks they're an entrepreneur, but when they re- realize that they're not. And so this, I, I, I almost, I only wish I would have known this when I was a franchisee, because we were definitely, that was the problem. We were not working on our business. We were working in it. And if we weren't there, the store would go down in sales. And so we come back because it is all about the systems. So kind of going to your point, what you do and the, and the systems and the habits you have in your personal life, you absolutely want to have habits in your business life. Number one key that we learned in the moment I did it, I've never gone back, is hiring a professional accounting firm to take care of our business books because I'm no expert and I don't have the time to do it. And right. it's not the best use of my time. And one of the my, my mind blocks I had was, well, I can't afford an accountant, but I now realize a, an accountant will save you way more money than it ever costs to pay them. And so that one, it doesn't cost you money. It earns you money by having a good um, accountant in place. And it's, so now when you look at it and say, how am I going to work on the business? Systems that you mentioned, that's exactly it. See, Domino's Pizza had systems to run the stores. But they didn't really teach the systems to run the business side of things. Mm-hmm. And so we had to go through. And so one of the biggest things I encourage is find a mentor. You know, in my book, Success Left a Clue, I talk about that. Step number two, find a mentor or someone to model. Quit trying to figure it out on your own. Quit trying to do it on your own. Quit trying to think you have to have all the answers because that's just going to make you struggle in business. So, yeah, systems in business are important. Working on your business is critical. And it it, it comes into habits. That's all it is. It's not, um, you know, having to be the best at everything. And some people might say, though, Chris, well, Robert, I'm already so busy. I don't have any time to do any of this other stuff we're talking about, like put systems in. And I, I can only be blunt with people. Most people are busy and really good at being busy, but they're not productive. Yeah. And there's a huge difference between being productive and being busy. Yes, sir. And so that's where a great coach will help as well, because they're the outside eyes. Right? So let me, let me ask you this. You talk about mentorship. What? Who, in your professional opinion, um, as well as something that has worked for you, I, I look around and I hear as well, there's not a lot of people that have a professional mentor. Um, they don't, I wouldn't think that they had to be particularly in that specific industry. Um, at the same time, do you have guidelines, parameters um, that you would give our listeners um, that they should be looking for in a mentor? Well, first one would be, I only now, and I learned it the hard way, I will only have as a mentor someone that has the same values as me. 
Okay. Someone in alignment with me. Um, it's easy to get caught in the trap of, well, look how successful that person is. So I don't like them as a person and I don't necessarily agree with their way of doing things, but their system seems to work. So I'll mentor from them. I, I tried that. Doesn't, that's when I self-sabotage. So number one, someone that's in alignment with who you are. They have the same kind of beliefs. See, I love to treat people like gold. So I know a lot of mentors in the training arena that are just sheer muscles. They're, they're, and, and that's great for people who like that, but I don't. I want someone who respects people so they can teach me how to even be a greater at respecting other people, if that makes sure. sense. Right? But the other, the, a trap that people fall into, Chris, is they go, A, um, some of the greatest mentors are no longer even around. So I, I've missed out on great mentors. Or I can't afford a mentor. And I'm going to tell you, get creative. Get creative. If, if, especially if the person's passed on. Find out if they have a biography. Find out if they wrote a book. Find out if they had any kind of training program. And do whatever it takes to get a hold of that information. I love biographies. Because I don't want to just see someone's results where they're now you know, ultra-rich or ultra-successful or whatever. I want to know the journey. Because I can learn more from the journey than just looking at the destination. Sure. And then the other side of things with mentors too, if, if you want to know a real key secret that most people miss that can actually elevate their success so quickly, I don't know if you're interested, Chris. I'm interested and I think our listeners are. Yeah, okay, I'm just checking. I want to check. Is when you're getting a mentor or finding a mentor, then you also want to be asking yourself the question, who can I be a mentor for? Okay. But Robert, what if I don't have, I'm not the best at it yet, or, or I'm just new in business, or I don't have enough experience. That's just a lot of yada, yada, yada. That's mine talk trying to hold you back. You be honest and authentic with where you're at, and you start mentoring someone else who's not at your level. Because here's a secret formula. Learn something. Do it, then teach it. Yep. Because would you agree the moment you start teaching, you learn it at a deeper level, right? Yes, you do. So, and then what do you do once you learn, done, teach? You repeat. Learn, do, teach. Learn, do, teach. And if you do this and you're willing to be kind of that whatever it takes kind of attitude to get mentorship and be creative, it's amazing what you can accomplish. And I'll, I'll give you an example right from my life if you're interested. Please. Okay. I knew I wanted to be a trainer. And my first mentor that I wanted to really learn from, uh, his courses changed my life. I don't know if you've ever heard of T. Harbecker, um, Secrets of the Million Online. It's, uh, you know, it's all about mindset and why you handle money the way you do. It's an amazing program. We've impacted millions of lives around the world with it. It's actually for 18 years. Uh, that's one of the main programs I was teaching was the one that helped me get financially free. I didn't start teaching it. And I remember my wife and I are volunteering at almost every event he's putting on as a way of giving back because we're financially free now. We're loving what we're learning. I know I want to be a trainer. And so we want to be of service and give back. And I remember I had wanted to ask him to be my mentor. And I was so nervous about it. And I was, I was, I was like just a wreck. And we were finishing an event that he was speaking at and we've been helping him out. We're sitting down and having drinks after and I finally got the courage to ask him. I'm sitting there and I said, Harv, I got a question. And he goes, what is it? I said, would you mentor me? And he thinks about it for a moment and he looks at me and goes, no. 
um, said, first of all, I don't do one-on-one mentoring. I don't have the time. And if I did, it'd probably cost you about a million dollars for that mentoring. And first of all, uh, you know, here I was on the outside going, okay, thank you. I appreciate you, you know, you, you considering it. But on the inside, I was pissed. I, in my mind, I'm like, how dare he? How much we volunteer? And, and all this stuff's going through. We finish up. And, and as soon as my wife and I are alone, I just unload. I'm like, who does he think he is? How dare he? That's it. You know, inconsiderate. My woman, we're never volunteering for him again. And my wife's just sitting there listening, letting me get it out. I stop and she goes, Are you done? So, what do you mean, am I done? She goes, Are you done? Well, and she goes, Obviously, you're not done. Come up, get it out. <laughs> I finish and she goes, Are you done? And I'm like, Yeah, I'm done. She goes, Well, first of all, wrong answer. I'm like, What do you mean? She goes, If I'm hearing you correctly, you asked him a question. He spoke his truth to you of why it will not work for him. And you're now upset that he spoke his truth. Am I getting that right? And I'm like, I was, I was still not calm, right? And she goes, so the wrong answer is, is no, we're not going to stop volunteering. In fact, we're going to volunteer more. Tris, I thought my wife had gone off her rocker. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean we're going to volunteer? She goes, is there not more than one way? To get what you want. I said, yeah. She goes, when we're volunteering, are you not watching hard? Yeah. Are you learning from that? Yeah. Do we have a million dollars? No. Then get off your high horse. Let's volunteer more. He'll mentor you whether he knows it or not. And, you know, I'll tell you, I just celebrated my 32nd wedding anniversary, Chris. I will tell you, I would not be here today doing what I do today if it wasn't for my wife. And I've learned for all your listeners that want to know how to have great relationships, two magic words. Yes, dear. <laughs> Those are the two magic words. And because, of course, she was right. Next thing you know, I've been asked to be his personal assistant at trainings, where as his assistant for 12 hours a day, I have to sit in the seat and watch him. So even if he looks my way and goes like this, I'm there. So now I'm watching every move, every gesture, every voice tone. I'm observing it all. Next thing you know, I become the very first protege. And I end up saving a million dollars and then getting paid to learn from them. Hmm. Because I got out of my own way. So for your listeners, get creative on how to be mentored. If you don't have the money in the beginning, then put in a little extra work. Be willing um, to, you know, I call it being a virtuoso. A virtuoso, and this is kind of the master key to having success in life. Start wherever you can. I don't, if there's something I want to learn, I don't care if I'm scrubbing toilets. I don't care if I'm trying shoes. Hey, for my mentor, I was polishing his shoes sometimes, pressing his shirt sometimes, getting a lot of meals for him, making sure he was awake and ready for the stage. And I did it with joy because I wanted to, and I got to learn every aspect of the training arena so that today when I'm on stage, the reason I've been able to train thousands and thousands of trainers around the world is because I know the training industry inside and out, the good, the bad, the ugly, the logistics, not only how to do that, but how to then do a training, how to hold a room of 6,000 people at a time, and then how to do the sales to you know make sure it's monetized as a business because a business is a something that's supposed to make a profit. Right. So I have, because I have all that awareness, that's why I've been able to accomplish what I have. But I just got started to get going with it. 
I really like that. Um, I think we're going to scrub the whole two magical words from this podcast. Yes, dear. No, I'm just joking with you. You know what? I want to go back to, to, to your, um, your guideline number one or, or your rule number one on a mentor. And I really liked, I liked everything that you said. I really want to hide in on or zone in on this one. And you said, you've got to find someone that um, has the same values you do. And I think when we, we have to be very real with ourselves, don't we? We have to be self-aware in order to figure out what we're looking for in somebody else. Yes. Would you agree? Absolutely. So when we when we think about this and we're self-aware, I think that's probably the first step in growing who we are is recognizing who we are and then saying, these are, these are my strengths, these are my weaknesses or blind spots, and these are the areas that we have to be vulnerable to, right? Yes. And, and a lot of people, they believe that vulnerability is weakness, but I'll tell you from my experience, vulnerability is strength. So you've, you've got to be willing to be vulnerable. And I would agree to that. I would so agree to that. Um, let me ask you this. Um, you, you, you briefly, um, you, you talk about four phases of life that people constantly go through. Can, can you do that in the next few minutes or so for us? Oh, absolutely. I'll give you the, uh, um, the you know, Cliff Notes version of it. I use the acronym OPEN. And I will let you know that this is not um, information I originally came up with. I have an amazing friend who this was his, something, he, I call him the quantum monk. And here's why. He was actually a monk for eight years, did over 15,000 hours of meditation. But he also studies quantum physics. So he can tell you all about spirituality as an example and tell you all the science behind it. Wow. The man is brilliant. And he came up with what he called his chaos modules, but it wasn't his passion. It just came across in his studies and what he found was interesting. And, and when I learned it, I'm like, great. Oh, my goodness. Uh, this needs to get out to the world. If you're not going to teach it, can I teach it? And he's like, absolutely. So I spent hours interviewing on Zoom and going in and deep back to make sure I had the same you know, understanding. And then I put it into my own words and turned around and blew him away of how the level I took it to. Mm. And to keep it simple, I used the acronym OPEN. The O stands for observation phase. When you're in the observation phase, um, where you've heard people say we're a human being, not a human doing. Well, in the observation phase, you're a human creating. This is the time to be aware. This is the time to ask yourself, what is it I truly want in my life? This is the time to meditate, to be present. This is the time to create vision boards. I'm a huge believer in vision boards. And it's not about putting something on a vision board and then having to figure out every step to get it. No, you just, you're dreaming, you're creating, you're observing in this phase. And then phase number two, for entrepreneurs especially, and I want them to listen close. This is the phase that most of them miss out. And because they try to ignore it, even though they're going through it, it causes sabotage. And the P stands for the pamper phase. In other words, this is the time to take care of you. This is the time when you're in the pamper phase, you go on a vacation, or if you can't just go on a vacation, you plan a vacation. Or maybe you go get um, your nails done, you get a massage. You do something to take care of you because there's a saying that you cannot give what you don't have. And most entrepreneurs, especially when they're in the thick of running their businesses, they don't think they have time. So a couple of things you do to get creative, if you like reading a book, then sit down for 20 minutes and just read. Um, I have an app called Calm I listen to all the time. If I have a 20 minutes to myself, because my mind gets going so busy, I put on the sound of rain and I just take 20 minutes and I focus on me. Uh, people go, Robert, why 
you know, why do you travel all over the world to train? And part of it is because I love training people in all cultures. But another part of it is it's selfish. See, when I hop on a plane for 12 to 14 to 16 hours, Chris, that's my time. That's my time. I don't connect to Wi-Fi. I read. I watch movies because I love movies. I eat good food and I drink good wine. That's my time to take care of me. Does that make sense? Yep. Because the next phase you enter in, which is the E, stands for energy phase. And the energy phase is when you get stuff done. So while I'm traveling, I'm taking care of myself in the pamper phase because I know when I land, I'm about to do three to five days, 12 hours a day on stage. So I know I'm going to be in a full-on energy phase. So I have to make sure I'm ready for it, that I can handle it. And so in the energy phase, you're doing documents, you're doing meetings, you're, you're, you may pull an 18, 20-hour day. But when you're in the energy phase, if you've taken yourself, care of yourself in pamper, you can do it. And that's when you're productive, not just busy, productive. And then the N is actually, the N is the second letter of the word because I wanted the acronym open and it was the best word that described it. And that is called unclutter, the unclutter phase. Another name for that is chaos. And if you've ever noticed uh, and, and you're like Chris says, have you ever had a time when things were going great and you're think just full force and all of a sudden it's like this brick wall just got thrown up in front of you and stopped you dead in your tracks. Oh, sure. Have you ever had that happen? Yep. So that's chaos coming in. And what happens is most people, they resist chaos. They get frustrated. They get pissed off. And they, um, have, they struggle through it. But if you understand that chaos is actually natural, why? Because as human beings, we're meant to evolve. And if we're not evolving, chaos is going to help us evolve. It's going to force us to evolve. So in the reason I call it unclutter phase is because you can actually participate with the, whatever higher power you go by. And actually, you can volunteer for chaos in little doses so that it doesn't hit you full on. And that means like uncluttering. I come into my office and if it's dirty, I'm going to unclutter it because I'm volunteering to clean things up. You go to a fridge, you open and you go, mm, I think there's some food in there we should probably take out. You're showing the universe you're willing to unclutter. And in the unclutter phase, this is where you've got to be courageously willing to destroy something. Hmm. In other words, if there's a business or personal relationship that hasn't been working, it might be time to destroy that relationship. Because some relationships just aren't meant to be, but how long do we hang on to them? Because we think we can make them work, and yet we go down more and more. So in this phase, probably one of the biggest things you can destroy is a negative, non-supportive belief that you've been hanging on to for too long. This is the time to say, you know what? Time to look at this a different way. That belief has not been serving me. So time to let it go and learn a new way. And when you do this, what happens is now, the reason I use the word um, open as the acronym, is like being able to say open sesame, because as you breeze through chaos and the uncluttered phase, it puts you right back into the observation phase. Mm. And the key that my friend Greg says, he says, instead of being you know, willing to live life, courageously allow life to live you. Oh, I like that. And if you do that, then it ties into that saying that most people have heard and believe that everything happens for a reason. And Chris, have you heard that saying before? I have. Do you believe that saying? I do. Did you know that's not the whole saying? Uh, what's the rest of it? 
It is everything out for a reason, and that reason is there to serve me. Oh, interesting. And yet most people don't know the second part. And if you understand it fully, then that means no matter what you go through, there's a lesson there. Now, this activates curiosity when you look at it that way. And I'm never going to say that you'll instantly get the answers of why something happened. Sure. Because sometimes something comes out of left field and you're like, why the heck did that just happen? And, and you may not know for years. But then it's the key of can I take a lesson from that that moves me forward? Even if it's, I know not to go through that again. Um, for me, I had to take three and a half years off. I was going to take a year off because I was burnt. I was training way too much, overliving my passion. And that one year turned into three and a half years. And I know some negative non-supportive habits started coming back in. But also, I went through two back surgeries. Hmm. See, when I was overliving my passion, I wasn't taking care of myself on the stage. And I herniated a disc. And when I finally got the surgery, after six weeks in bed, not being able to move, I ended up getting surgery. I felt so great. I didn't listen to the doctor. Three weeks later, I re-herniated the same disc. Ended up having to go back to the hospital for three weeks to allow the swelling to go down enough for them to redo the surgery. And when I woke up from that surgery, I went, I'm never going through that again. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. <laughs> so I learned what not to do, what didn't work. And so it was a great lesson for me in my life. And today, 12 years later, I'm so aware of my body. And I, I, you know, if my back starts to tighten up, I know I have to stop doing what I'm doing or make an adjustment instead of just what most entrepreneurs do. I'll just fight through it. I'll just keep going. I make it, I'll make it work. There's times when you've got to step back and go, maybe I need to do something different or ask for help. That's where that vulnerability comes in. So those are the four phases, Chris. I like that. Thank you very much for sharing. And speaking of asking for help, how do people find you? Uh, social media, email, phone, that type of thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Facebook. I have a fan page. They can absolutely um, follow me there. They can also go to successleftaclue.com. That is my website. And, you know, I love to give people a gift for being, for you having me on your podcast. My first book, which is Success Left a Clue, and you can see it on the camera behind me. I'm writing my second one right now, The Authority Key. But what I would like to do is for your audience is if they are interested, they can actually get the ebook of Success Left a Clue as our gift for me being on your podcast today. Well, wonderful. I, I would love to hear from you later on about how many listeners took you up on that offer. So I hope we stay in touch, sir. Thank you so much, um, not only for the gift for the listeners, but your con contribution to society, uh, to your family, uh, to those employees that you led at Domino's and, and the, uh, the half a million people that you have trained um, to be freer. Um, not just financial, but their mindset and what they do and living a purpose, if you will. So yes. thank you so much uh, for, for being on this and for what you bring to the community. Oh, thank you. My, my pleasure. Appreciate being here. Robert, again, we'll have to have you back on. Uh, would love to promote your next book as it's coming out. Um, but in the meantime, I hope for our listeners that they'll reach out to you. Um, and, and again, as a reminder, thank you guys all for listening to this amazing episode of, of Epic. Um, my, as a host, my name is Chris, and it's been a pleasure to serve you as well as have my guest Robert on today. Make it a great day. And as I always like to say, live with purpose. 
Thank you for listening to the Elite Professionals in Coaching podcast. If you want to stay in the forefront with business strategies and ideas, leadership conversations, tips, and empowerment, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and then share with your friends and fellow business owners. For more information about With Purpose and their services, visit www.withpurposellc.com.